Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. That's fucking delightful. Just to get it across, it's a lovely header! A super Sunderland goal! Circuit. Me too. In for Pritchard. For Sirkin again. It's a brilliant goal! It is simply sensational passing and movement football. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Motor Report Podcast in association with Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back after Sunderland's win on the road at West Brom. Joined by Chris once again. Hi, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm more than all right. I'm, I'm, I'm still in shock. I don't know. I don't know where to start with this one. <laughs> well, I told you would win. I said one nil. I never saw that though. Oh. A left back scoring twice. I know. I know. Ugh. I mean, just... I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm just processing it still. We're only recording like a little while after the full time whistle. But what a win! What a performance! Just when you saw that team, and you know, you think like we've lost Danny Bart, yet another player out for the. Sort of for the season, and they were hinging on O'Nion being available because his lass is about to have a baby, and it wasn't known whether he was going to play. And even then, you think, well, he's not like a, a traditional start and centre half through the middle. There's no height in the team, and we've just put a team out there who who went and just done what they're good at and played decent football, and actually more than decent at times because the football for the second goal, which we'll come on to, obviously was amazing. And just like against a team, by the way, we hadn't lost at home since October who are right up there in the playoff mix with us. And I said to you in the preview, all things considered, they need to get promoted a lot more than we do. And like, you wouldn't know it looking at the performance because they were they were too busy screaming at the referee, appealing for everything. And there was us just doing what we're good at. A bunch of young kids, the youngest ever team picked by a championship side this season, um, went out there and, and played like an experienced outfit who who were, they were just amazing. Like I, I'm struggling to put my words together because it was just so good to watch and like I dove all over the room when we scored that second goal and I said to me dad we're going to get another goal yeah and I could just feel it coming and it came and amazing we sat sixth in the table Chris with everything to play for still just what a week we've had like crazy I, I mean I was just listening to you there I, I don't, honestly don't know where to start I mean I'm, I'm trying to think Garth. I'm trying to think and you, you might have, you might be better have an example in this than, than me, but I can't think of a team, a Sunderland team that I was as proud of because if you even if you go back to the Reedy days when we ploughed the league, you know, one hundred and five points, kind of it was kind of expected because we had some great players: Quinn, Phillips, Clark, 
Ray Ball, Johnson. Some we had some brilliant players. This team, I mean, what was it? Twenty two years and one hundred and seventy nine days. No centre halves. You know, not a recognize. You know, you could almost argue Gooch is playing kind of out of position as well. There's only Circa who's recognised in that back four is playing in what is probably his natural position. I, I don't know where to go with get with this side because I'm just I'm just so proud. It's inexplicable. Of them. How 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 do you explain what is happening? Yeah. How how does any of this make any sense? Ross Stewart out injured. Corey Evans out injured. All the experience we've got. Alicia was playing well. He's out. I mean, you, you, uh, there's loads of players I've missed off that list as well. I mean, and then. You know, we were talking about what team uh, Mowbray might go out with during the week against West Brom. And we were talking about, you know, maybe Barr coming back in, who was maybe disappointed about not getting on against Huddersfield. Gellard, you know, coming back in and he's had a tough time. And to a man, they were all brilliant. But again, this this feeling of pride is that these players stood up because even... Even I was nervous, you know, looking at the looking at the atmosphere. Hawthorns was absolutely packed out. I mean, it was bouncing before kickoff. Five minutes, you know, the first five minutes, and I thought, oh bloody hell, we're we're going to be under the cosh. The, they managed to ride that out and then start playing football. I mean, Gav, I, I can't. I don't think I'm. I'm struggling to put into words how proud I am of of these players and this team. But you know what it is, though. Look at their team and look at ours. Even with all the injuries, we're a better team than West Brom. We deserve to win that game. We didn't even deserve to go behind, which we'll come on to. You know what I mean? Like We were the better team. We deserve to win that game. Even with all the players out, you're looking at it, sort of our team and their team, and I wouldn't swap it. I wouldn't swap our team for no. theirs. I love no. our team. And I just think, you know what it is? Like, it doesn't matter like who plays where. They just get it, don't they? And I was listening to Mowbray after the game, so, so, uh, you know, it's even even the media have cottoned on that he's playing it down a bit, and he continued. He doubled down on that. He just continued to play it down, didn't he? Really, yeah. but what he what he did say was that he didn't think that a team like this would be able to go and get a win like that because of the lack yeah. of experience. But to me, like even even look like Lyndon Gooch, right? Somebody who isn't one of my favourites at all. He could have been gone last year when when we tried to ship him off to to Shrewsbury in the January window when Flanagan left. Like Gooch could have left the club, and he 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 did dig in, and he and he earned himself a new deal, and and like even this game, you're looking at it and thinking maybe he would, he probably wouldn't have started right back really if if we'd had a fit centre half, and he gets a captain's armband, and he was outstanding, just because it because they get it, these players just get it. Like look, Onayan, like would have been so easy for him to just just like not be there and be part of that team, but you just know that. You'd have to tear him away from it because he just loves it so much. Regardless of what's going on at home, you know, with, with new babies and all the rest of it, like you could see he was knackered there talking at the end of the game and stuff. And like, but they just love it. They love this team. They love being part of this football club. And because there's such a good environment, it doesn't matter who you put in what position, they're going to try. They're going to try their best. And that was what won us the game in the end. We wanted it more than they did, I think. You know, you watch the way we played played up the pitch for the for the final goal. And to me, you're just watching a team of players who wanted it. The lads who came on, even even though they hadn't started the game, made a difference. And it's just, 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 I just an amazing bunch of players. And and I can't I can't disagree with with wanting it because the the obviously you know the the fifty fifty tackles we were there and you know challenge with the ball in the air even though we we were at a disadvantage we the amount of headers we won I thought was crazy considering the difference between the two sides scored from a header and exactly <laughs> but, 
Yeah. But what impressed me more than anything else, again, go back to the, I think, was it 22 years of age, 179 days, that was the average age of the team. It wasn't just, like you said, the the, the determination, but it's staggering against a good West Brom side who, were, you know, they've got a few injuries, but they're not as injury hit as we are. How much we controlled the game and like when we got the ball down and passed it about, I mean, we as you said, we were by far the better team, but it was all about control. We controlled the game. I mean, Tony, Tony Mowbray said this in, after the game as well, controlled the, the game for long periods where we, we would just looked comfortable. And actually, I saw the I saw the interview with the West Brom manager, uh, Corbyn, and he said he said the same. He said that Sunderland were were better with the ball, you know, in control of the ball and better in possession, and we looked more comfortable with the ball. And and to think this team goes away from home to a tough place like West Brom, who haven't lost since October, and just to kind of swap them away and say, yeah, we're going to control the game, we're going to keep the ball, and it just goes to show, like how good this this t- this squad of players are as footballers. Because to do that to mm-hmm. a team like West Brom and control the game two touch one touch, and and do that to a team like West Brom, I just I just think it's incredible. And I know you've you've uh, picked out Lyndon Gooch, and we'll pick we'll probably pick the whole eleven out one by one at some point later on. But the other one I want, just in case I don't get a chance, the one I wanted to pick out was Equa, because you're talking what third fourth start in senior football something like i think it's his fourth start maybe maybe even third mm. i mean to to put in a performance like that on your fourth senior appearance is just incredible the the way he read the game in midfield he was he picked out passes before the west brom player even played it he knew where it was going to mm. go he he kept picking them off time and time again and i think i think he looks he does look like a player and i'm really looking forward to the scene him play next season um but yeah. even, even though we've got a long <laughs> potentially a long way to go this one but uh, but yeah i mean again I, i'm just kind of you, you could go through this team like that i mean just just incredible oh <laughs> like like a I just want to sit and talk about how much I loved it. <laughs> just, oh, just, just amazing. Just amazing. Like I say, like how many times? And it's not just this season, really, is it? You know, we, we. It's sort of a continuation of of last season, and the way that we just managed to win games and get to the to that point. And I've touched on this recently. You know, you think about it. it that experience which we carry from last year is going to be vital in this promotion race because we we've. We won a playoff final last year. Most of these players were involved in that, and and that's fresh in the mind. They know exactly how we approach it, how we got the job done, how we executed. And regardless of who the opponent is, you do the same here. You just get wins. You make sure you win games. And it like today was the potential for it all to be over. In my view, like you know, you look at you look at this game and you think you're playing away at West Brom, a team who've barely dropped a point at home all season, haven't lost a home since October. Very experienced side with a lot riding on it, and there's no pressure on us to go there and win the game. But we did, and we didn't just win the game; we deserved to win the game. We played good football, so why why not dare a dream? Like I keep saying this, but we fully deserve to be in the conversation. I was it was interesting watching the the Sky coverage of the game because, and you'll have heard this as well. But at half time. It was like they had two West Brom fans sitting there giving the analysis of the game, you know. It was a definite penalty and all this, you know. And then at the end of the game, they sort of begrudgingly accepted that Sunderland deserved it. And then when they were asked who's going to make the playoffs, it was interesting to hear 
Hal Robson Carnu say that he, he thought that Sunderland and Coventry would probably be the two teams there come the end of the season. So we are showing people what we're made of and we're proving people wrong. People say that we've got all these injuries and they just don't get it. They don't understand the the sort of bond that these players have collectively. And that is what is the difference at this stage of the season. When you're looking at the other teams around us in the last week crumbling and dropping points, and we're not. We're unbeaten in seven, I think, now. Yeah, We are a dangerous team, I'm telling you. And Watford is the next team to, to, to come, obviously. And I... We, we've got to be confident. We've got to try and, and make sure that we win the three points, obviously, but we've got to be confident. Like It's just another game against another team who don't want it as much as we do, and let's make sure we win it. So it, that that was what I saw here. I saw, okay, you can make the argument that so many, with so many players being injured, it would have been a really convenient excuse not to turn up, but we didn't use that as an excuse. We used it as a as a reason to sort of be strong and resilient, and the lads dug in. Uh, and... Like I say, to be sat here three points better off, I never saw this coming. When me and you talked after last weekend's game, we were pretty much resigned to this being the end of the season and just seeing where it goes. And we couldn't have written what happened in the last sort of seven days. It's been mad. Yeah. Well, it's it's like that in each result. Each result, I thought, you know, as you said, one week it's been, oh, we're not going to make it, and then we pull off a result, and you think, right, it's back on, and then the result after, you think, oh, we're not going to, we're not going to quite get there, and then the next week, you think it's back on. It's just been a roller coaster for a good, good few weeks now, and it, you think, you think back to some of those, uh, some of those kind of last gasp kind of points that we've we've dropped and things like that. But I mean, just just going off, you mentioned last season. And I think at times, I think it's underestimated how much pressure some of these players were on under at the end of last season to get us promoted, because it, I mean it was kind of you know fourth fourth year in the in League One potentially a fifth, and you know there was this you know going into the playoffs it was like Sunderland have to be promoted this time and Sunderland have to do it this time because you know it's been too long and all this sort of stuff. Those those players were under so much pressure. To go to go to Sheffield Wednesday and then go to Wembley and, and win those games, that as you said, that that's kind of transferring into what we're going through now, where the players are thinking, well, considering the pressure we were in last, uh, you know, twelve months ago, this is nothing because you know it's it's like the pressure isn't on us to to go up, whereas last season mm. the pre- like uh, teams would have crumbled under the pressure the club were under last season, so this is. This is kind of nothing compared to that, and I think the it, it looks you know when you see the players because I mean even even I know as daft as it sounds when we get at the game, but Patterson when he when he almost made that that screw up and and gave the ball away, he was close to giving the ball away, and he had a little smile on his face because the players are enjoying this pressure and the players are enjoy yeah. they're enjoying where we are, and I think I think they're all I think there's a lot of pride in themselves that they're proud of themselves that we're in this position. And I think that that takes you a long way because the the they're not feeling that pressure and like like I said to go behind and the West Brom crowd were up for it you know went into half time how many t- sides would you have seen the heads would have went down went into half time ah oh, it's all over we've gone in behind come out second half get steamrolled two three nil but this team didn't they came out and won that second mm-hmm. half and even and actually West Brom came out and played better in the second half. And we won that half two nil, in this you know that that we were yeah. that we were that good and we stood up to them and all right they had a couple of half chances here and there but they weren't they weren't kind of getting chance after chance after chance I mean or, unless you <laughs> unless you count that uh, series of about 
six or seven blocks in 10 seconds that we did uh, in the first 10 minutes of the <laughs> yeah. second half. But, I mean, just to be stood up and counted, to come out, puff their chests up and just say, yeah, we're going to stand up to you a lot and, and, and we're going to turn it around. The stats are quite interesting to read. You know, as a way team to come away with 61, 61%, 61% of the ball it is staggering, really. Yeah. They had 19 shots, but you just mentioned that flurry of of um, of shots where we just seemed to block. It was six or seven shots, so, you know, that probably boosts that slightly. But 13 shots from us, six of them on target, you know, five corners, uh, 13 fouls each. I mean, it was a competitive game, but it was one we edged. You know, we were the better team. I think in the BBC match report, they they even said that West Brom have to be honest and say that some they were beaten by the better side, some of them were the better team on the day, and it, without a doubt, in my opinion. But we'll just go back to the teams because in the preview we were both sort of set on Anderson coming in. Like I was, I was especially with with Bart being missing and the potential for O'Neill not being involved. I thought, well, Joe Anderson's going to start, but. We went with a, a back four, really. You know, you had Patson and Gold, and then you had Cirque and O'Neill and Hume playing centre half again, who's filled it. I mean, this, this is a proper patchwork team. Gucci is by no means a championship standard right back. Definitely played like one in this game. Hume and O'Neill playing centre half is the most, you know, patched up pair we could have put together, really. Uh, but it just it worked. Cirque and obviously playing left back gets two goals. You couldn't write it, really. Uh, Neil and Ekwa in the middle. He could have went with Michu, but he didn't. He went with Ekwa, I presume, for his height and his strength, just because we were lacking that all, all around the rest of the pitch. Uh, Ahmad on the right, Clark on the left, Bar just playing off Gelhart. Any other shocks, really? I know I've mentioned Anderson. Were, were you shocked by that? Because I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest, at 2, I was going to say 2 o'clock, at 11, <laughs> when, I seen the, uh, when I seen the teams, I, I was shocked not to say Joe Anderson, if I'm honest. No, well, I, I, well, I think we said during the week. I said Hume would probably move into centre half, but it would it would all depend on the situation of Luke O'Nine, which we didn't know about. But I, th- I don't think anybody saw him driving down to get there at three in the morning or whatever time he arrived <laughs> at, the, at the hotel. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think probably even his teammates didn't probably see that coming. They were all probably fast asleep and just saw <laughs> saw him first thing this morning <laughs> and thought, "What are you doing here?" Uh, um, the one that we did because and and actually just going back to that midfield actually with Ekwa and Neil, I, I did say that even if Misha was fit, I I, I thought he'd go with Ekwa just because he did against uh, Cardiff and he did uh, I think he did at Burnley as well, didn't he? Um, or did he? Well, he went with Cardiff uh, at Cardiff and Norwich. I think he went with Ekwa as well. So yeah, I thought he'd go with Ekwa in the middle. Um, the one that surprised me was because we were talking about would he go with Barr or Gellart. And he went with them both, and Pritchard, Pritchard came out, and and Roberts came out. Um, it's uh, that that wasn't really one I was I was seeing coming. I thought it'd be Barr or, or Gellart, and and Pritchard kind of playing with, with one of those two. But um, I, I mean, <laughs> tip your hat with Mowbray. I mean, look at look at the bench. I mean, Mishu, Pritchard, Roberts. I mean, how many people would have had those three in the starting lineup? And he 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 went with the young lads. He went with Ekwe. He went with Barr, and he went with Gellart. And you know, all of them. All of them kind of paid him back in spades. Yeah, yeah, they did. And, and like I say, I don't think it matters who we put where. They're just going to do a job. Mm. And they, at this stage, that's all you need. You need players to come out and do a job. But they they lined up rather predictably. They sort of matched us up in terms of shape. And uh, I think I said to you on the preview, like we, we'd have to make sure we, we were involved in the midfield battle. We got stuck in and we did, to be fair. Like I say, they all, they all, they all worked hard. They all got stuck in and... I thought Daniel had a cracking game. I thought Ekwa had a cracking game, like you've just said. 
Um, I mean, I could go right through the team, yeah. but ultimately, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a cracking performance. And, you know, every every player did that bit. But the start of the game, to be fair, I thought West Brom, you mentioned about the, the crowd being up for it and it being full. And you could tell the, that they recognised that because they came flying up the blocks for sort of five, ten minutes. Mm. Um, but we rode through it, didn't we? We, we, we did what we, we tend to do and we, we dug in, you know. You expect one to flick off and go in and... And maybe you know go behind early, but no, we we just put our bodies on the line. That, that's something that Luke O'Nine referred to in his post match interview with Sky, talking about sort of the lads throwing themselves at every ball. It, it was like that from the first minute for us, yeah. And it set the tone, didn't it? Because it was, it wasn't like we were. We sometimes do at home where we sometimes come out very slowly, and 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 that side of the game's missing. But it's almost like a a switch flips, isn't it? Like when we're away from home, and it's like right, we have to be a little bit more switched on today because we're the away side. It, it it's clearly a thing because it, it's reflected in the results. We are much better away from home, and it's got it's all down to concentration. Me and you talk about this every single time we do a podcast about the way we switch off when we can't see goals, and like it just feels to me away from home, we 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 don't do that as much. We we seem to stay switched on, and like I say, first sort of ten fifteen minutes it was West Brom, but we uh we 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 did enough, didn't we? Yeah, well, uh, you're absolutely right. And and actually what you said during the week was true because I remember during the week you said about West Brom that uh, when they played us at our place, they, they, they did us out wide and they were really dangerous when they got the ball wide. First five minutes, what they they were constantly trying to get the ball in behind the, behind the fullback and they did a couple of times, first couple of minutes and they got the ball in, got some dangerous crosses in. But again, talking about, talking about being proud of this team, again, there'd be... Besides that, just I mean, look, look at Man United going to Seville. They crumbled first ten minutes going under pressure like that. This team, this Sunderland side today, or albeit it's West Brom, but still, you know, it's all relative. You know, we went to West Brom under the cosh for the first five ten minutes, really under the cosh, and then what? What we did, we just put a foot on the ball, and for about five minutes. And I remember, I think Don Goodman said, I think after about 10 minutes, he went, this is exactly what you need to do as the away side. But to have that maturity with these players, with this team, with this 11 today, to put your foot on the ball, keep the ball, keep possession and knock it around a bit. And actually after, you know, we spent five minutes of doing that. And after that, we were kind of back on even terms where West Brom had lost that kind of momentum. And we'd we'd kind of, we, we got that a bit of that momentum back. And then... I think it was um it was after about fifteen minutes when Gellart had that volley, which hit the West Brom defender's head and could have went anywhere. And then we started to create chances. And again, just talking about, even at that point, I was thinking the the kind of the old heads on some of these players to do that and come out of a a phase in the game. Again, I they, they just. This team just keeps surprising us like, week after week. <laughs> yeah, and we, we had our own chances, to be fair, once we rode through that early period. I think uh, Bard a shot, Hume had a header, uh, Gellart had a shot which was blocked. You know, so we, we did, we had our own chances and stuff. And I, I, going into half time, I, I was pretty confident with how we played. I felt like we would, we'd done all right. Sometimes away from home, going in at nil nil is, is fine. Uh, and obviously, we concede a penalty in injury time. But <laughs> to me, you know, watching that back in, in real time, I thought, shit, he's dove in. But then you watch it back and you, you go, hang on, I was, that's not even a penalty. And then you watch the referee in the in the replay and the referees, you can see he's not sure. And he, I think in his head, he's probably sort of 60, 40, 70, 30. It's not a penalty. But the linesman gives the decision and you're looking at it and you're thinking, 
you've got to be really confident that that is definitely a penalty to give it. And we'll not go over all ground. You know, refs at this level, linesmen at this level, they are crap. And, it, you know, sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. But, I mean, that was real hard lines, wasn't it, to, to have conceded the penalty because we'd, we'd been so good in the first half, we just didn't deserve oh, yeah. to go behind and then they score. And you think, God, what a kick in the balls. We didn't yeah. deserve that at all. No, and again, you know, talking about the mentality of these players, again, to, to have that blow, it was completely against the run of, the, of run of play. We were the better side in the first half. And then to, to actually go in behind was, was just ridiculous. And ju- just before you get onto the penalty, um, just because, you know, he he hasn't had the most kind of comfortable time at Sunderland since since he joined. But I, I just think Gellard deserves a shout because the way he held Definitely, the, yeah. The way mm-hmm. he held the ball up and the amount of fouls he committed he, he got from West Brom by committing them and a couple of a couple of touches he did were just absolutely fantastic at just getting a couple of yards of space and knocking it out wide. And and he he was as much, you know, to thank as anyone else in that team, getting us up the pitch and, and getting us out when we were under pressure. But yeah, the penalty, the, the penalty was, look, I mean, it wasn't a penalty. I mean, that, that let's just get that out of the way. It wasn't a penalty. But like my first reaction was to wince thinking, oh shit, that's a penalty. Uh, and that that was my first reaction mm. when he dove in because it looked like a penalty. And uh, don't get us wrong, the linesman and the referee kind of guessed, but when they looked at that from from their angles, they just thought it was a penalty. But just to rewind a little bit, because I actually think it all came from <laughs> it ridiculously. It all came from Clark smashing the ball off Equa because he did that, and we had a bit of momentum at the time. And once he did yeah, that, yeah. when we when the game started up again. We didn't seem to wake up. We we tried to pass it, and West Brom put us under a bit of pressure. And then Sergan gave the uh gave you know lost the ball when he tried to knock it up the line, and it bounced back. And that's where it kind of came from. And it, it was bizarre. It was bizarrely because of that stoppage. But uh, but yeah, mm. look for me, oh, the, the the touch the touch of the striker was taking him away from goal. Or nine, and and I think he he admitted after the game in the interview that he didn't need to swing for it like he did. It wasn't a foul. Yeah, there, he, there he, said, no... he said he was disappointed that he even he gave yeah. the referee a decision. Exactly, and and, yeah. and that that was exactly my thinking afterwards that it wasn't a penalty, but he didn't need to swing for it. And look, he again he made no contact with it, but he did made no contact with the player either. So it shouldn't have been a penalty. It should have just been a mistake from O nine that didn't have mm-hmm. much consequence. But it's one of them that it, it did look like a penalty, but. I mean, I, w- I was absolutely devastated because I, th- I, you know, I just felt that half time would be absolutely robbed because of the way we played. But again, I mean, <laughs> you kind of, you kind of underestimate this team. All of, I mean, I did, I'm guilty of it as much as anyone else. You kind of underestimate this team to think, you know, you play fantastically well away from home, you get back on top, you get back into the game, and then something like that happens. Which, and again, how many times? How many times has that happened to us this season? I mean, I remember Blackburn away, where we were brilliant at Blackburn. Should have should have probably beat them, and the referee spoke that one. Uh, at the time, I was just thinking, if we go throughout this season and the whole thing is taken away from us from a referee's decision, I mean, it would have just been... It, it wouldn't have been right. Yeah. The, the effort that these lads have put in, it wouldn't have been right. But again, I mean, what Mowbray said at half-time, I don't know, but it worked. Yeah, well, me and you were slagging them off for starting... Second half crap, me especially. <laughs> they've been um, listening, but yeah, exactly. They've been listening to us, but yeah, they uh, they started the second half brilliantly, and it was a, a headed goal, which 
I just find funny because you know we've I think we've got one play over six foot on the pitch and we score a header, but like another player who stepped up on the day was was Gooch again who I mentioned before, and one of my biggest criticisms of him has always been you know the delivery of the cross sometimes it's, he just oh, he hasn't really got that tr- you know when you watch Roberts and Ahmad they've got like that trickery that turn of pace the ability to run past people. And like Gooch gets a bit stuck in the mud. I just think technically he doesn't, he doesn't always have the ability to maybe carry out what he's trying to think of doing in his head. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. I think sometimes he sees he sees the bigger picture in his head and it just doesn't come off with his feet. But like on this occasion, it definitely did because I've seen him do what he did loads of times and it never comes off. And this, but this time like it didn't matter because he did fantastic. He turned two defenders inside out. And put a perfect ball into a dangerous area, and there was Dennis Serkin. And to be fair to Serkin, you've got to, you've still got to score it, and he couldn't have planted any better. Top corner, like a lovely header. Um, West Bromby obviously be really disappointed with the with the defending for that because you look at their defence, bunch of big lads in there, and and you've got like a, a five foot ten left back stand there unmarked ahead of ball, but. Great football from us, wasn't it? To to even be in that position. And again, we keep talking about like Sunderland score fantastic goals. We play some lovely football. That was just a very sort of arbitrary, normal cross header goal. And we don't really score. We we we've again, me and you, we've been a bit critical of this, where we've said sometimes you, you don't need to pass teams to death to score a goal. Sometimes you just have to put a cross into a dangerous area, get runners in around the six yard box, and score a goal. And and here's what we, you know, here's here's where it happened and. And again, yeah, a fantastic header. And I love goals like that just as much as I like the ones like the second one. Yeah. And I, I, just because I've mentioned them already, I want to I wanna just take it back to where it all started because it all started because West Brom tried to play a ball right through the middle of the pitch and Ekwer read it and he, he jumped on it and mm-hmm. he, he got possession of the ball. Then he gave it to Barr and Barr played a brilliant ball out wide to, to Gooch um, out on the right-hand side. And you, you're exactly right about Gooch because... I remember towards the end of last season against Cambridge where he was being direct and getting half a yard and crossing the ball in and he looked fantastic. But we don't see that often enough. And and I thought he'd lost his chance because he did his thing where he beats a man and then tries to beat him again. And I thought, oh, he's, he's, lost, he's lost that kind of chance to get the ball in. I thought he was just going to come back. And then he went again and got that half a yard and what a ball in, how he dug that out. Because he kind of, he, he dug it out and it was kind of, he almost played it back because he was quite close to the byline. But, I mean, talking about getting the ball in like that, if you do things like that, Gav, and you just kind of touched on it there, if you're going to get the ball in the box, which we've said we'd like the, to see them do more often, you need people in the box. And you've got to ask the question because we broke quite quickly. I just think it's fantastic that Dennis Sergan was actually, you know, on the edge of the six-yard box on the penalty spot. Our left back, <laughs> Was on the penalty spot, not not of a set piece or anything like that. He 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 clearly ran on the left hand side, and it ran into the box, and then won a header. You know, on the penalty spot, and and stuck it in the top corner. I mean, just just to say that that's our left back. I mean, I got it's funny because I got a. T- <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're, we're talking during the, the the mags game. I haven't got a clue what the the score is now, but I had a text message from uh, a mate who's a Spurs season ticket holder, and uh, he says, "Can we have him back?" Uh, Dennis Serkin, and uh, <laughs> I, th- I think they probably need him by the looks of it. But uh, but yeah, I just think Gooch is fantastic. I'd, I'd like to see that more often from Gooch. Uh, brilliant. And then, like I said, 
left back in the penalty area. I think that tells you a lot about this team. Yeah, people just putting their bodies on the line, making making themselves count. And we've had to learn to play without strikers for most of the season. And I think every player recognises that at some point in the game, there'll be an expectation on them to get involved at the other end of the pitch. And just, you know, they might have to commit forward. Maybe when, you know, like Serkin's playing on the left of a three, but he's still got to... You still got to like pile forward occasionally and and get into the box and make runs because we haven't got a lot of big lads. We haven't got a lot of people who who can head the ball. And yeah, it's just a, a you know with this team and everybody knowing their job and everybody knowing that the lads around them are going to work hard and and sort of cover for them. So you know, if Circuit wants to get forward, then there's going to be somebody covering in behind, and they they just they all get each other, don't they? There's like a real there's a real sort of chemistry there with these players and. It does allow players like Dennis Serkin to be a goal threat because, you know, there'll be occasions in the game, like I say, when he just think, thinks, "Well, I'm just going to get forward here, and I'm going to going to put myself into a dangerous position." And we've seen it with like Elise this season. We've seen it with Danny Bart this season. O'Neill, we do encourage defenders to get involved at, at the other end. So yeah, I mean, a fantastic way to respond to going behind a half time, and then as the half carried on, to me. We were the better team. I think even the commentators acknowledged it. They said they'd said that Sunderland were the more settled of the two sides. Uh, I, I think you know we we played some fantastic stuff, just sort of passing it through them, but without ever really stinging the goalkeeper's hands enough. Really, you know, Palmer and goal for for West Brom. Although we, you know, we had most of the ball and we were the more threatening. If I was going to be critical, it would be that we didn't we didn't make them work enough. You know, because it, it, when it came down to it, obviously. We found the winner, but I would have been disappointed. I think if it had been ones each, because for all the good player, there wasn't enough. So there weren't enough players piling in and, and trying shots from the edge of the box, or we were we were pass pass passing, but there wasn't enough. You know, there wasn't anybody standing there going, "Come on, then let's let's commit a bit." And when we did have shots, they were just whispering wide of the post. I think Clark had a couple, Ahmad had a couple. Um, so you know, it, it was one of them. Really, we 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 were pushing, and the goal that we got now. This week, the EFL announced their contenders for the goal of the season. And there wasn't a single goal from Sunderland in that list. And it's the only time I've ever been bothered about anything like that. Because <laughs> I've watched my team every week score goals worthy of being on any list. And this was another one. I think um, I think it was Don Goodman on commentary. He said that he'd, he'd, he was there for the Red and Morn. He, was there, he saw the one against Hull. And he went, this one's right up there. And I think it was 16 passes from back to front before we scored. Serkin scored the goal and it was a sort of toe punt slash edge of the boot with his left foot banging to the top of the net. But the move itself was just lush. It was the type of football that we'd become accustomed to with this team. Back to front, pass, pass, pass. Everybody understanding each other. Some nice little flicks. Pritchard's in, in particular in that move was, was great to set us away. All the subs involved as well. You know, the lads who came off the bench. Michu, Roberts and Pritchard all involved in, in the goal and Sirkin finishes it off and I just I, I ran out of words like <laughs> that goal was amazing and the scenes in the away end fans diving over each other to celebrate all the all the players celebrating in front of the away end it was at that end of the pitch the players went ballistic and you're just watching it and it's like you know there's a really good feeling at the minute and that kind of encapsulated everything for me yeah, I mean, just before we get on the goal, because I've got plenty to say on the goal, but just about that, because you talked about that second half and you, you were right. I mean, talking about, you know, there was a kind of clear difference between the two sides, you know, how controlled we were 
and they're almost kind of in terms of their attack and play kind of that there was a there was a touch of desperation about West Brom how they were trying to just throw the ball into the box and win it and kind of win it you know win the second balls and things like that but um but we only had kind of probably about a five minute wobble just after the substitutions just after Michonne Roberts came on where I think we gave the ball away three or four times now we're on half and but but again the the again the good thing about this team they didn't let it affect them. They kept doing what they were doing. They kept playing football, and they didn't. They didn't think, oh well, you know, we're getting worried because we're going to give the ball away again. They just thought, right, well, we've made a few mistakes. Just keep doing what we're doing. We know what we're good at. And then about fifteen minutes to go, um, because you were talking about chances. That's when we had that counter attack when Lyndon Gooch, when we won the ball in the center circle, Lyndon Gooch ran forward. He had options either side, and in the end, he got it wrong. Oh, yeah. He got it wrong, and he tried to not put Clark and he put it behind him and then Neil, we were four on two at that yeah, point yeah yeah and then that, yeah. but, but even then Dan Neil had that shot and Clark just put it wide it was oh man, it was mm-hmm. it was like inches yeah, it was, was so yeah we, mm-hmm. we could have taken the lead then but then like you said you know six minutes to go right I mean this goal six minutes to go you've got a, a pressurized game like out traveling to West Brom both sides going for a top six place the pressure's on big crowd and Again, just talking about this team, they were just so patient and they just knew what they were doing because there was a there was a probably two or three chances in this in this whole move where you thought, all oh, right, he's gonna cross the ball in now. And then we came back and we kept the ball. And what we realized, I mean this this goal was so clever because at one point you saw what we realized was West Brom had so many players deep that it was difficult to break them down. And what we did was mm-hmm. we we brought the ball right out to almost to our almost to the halfway line we were about 10 15 yards inside their half and if you watch the goal back watch what West Brom do because three of their players try to close us down and then what we do is play past them within two passes we were past them so that's three fewer players they had on the edge of the box who were defending and then we did then we we were quick, so Sirkin Sirkin played the ball in. I think you watch you watch Sirkin's run. He gave the ball he gave the ball inside, and there was two passes before he got it back. But he kept running on the outside, and and then kind yeah. of cur- curved his run into the box because he knew that how we play the ball, he's going to get it if he gets into a good position in, in space in the box. Mm-hmm. And then he's finished. Just it, it was all just kind of natural because they're good footballers. But I just thought it was genius how we drew West Brom out and then just went quickly. As soon as they came out, we used that space and Sirkin saw it because he, he kind of charged into it. Um, and again, just what a goal. And I mean, I mean, you, you can go back to Peter Reid for the for the football we played under Peter Reid, which was unbelievable. But they had, at the time, Peter Reid had players who should have never been playing at this level. This is a bunch of young players who were just starting out their careers in football, and like I think I mentioned, I can't remember whether it was an editorial or a podcast the other week, but I think like I, I, I when I worked out, like twelve or thirteen of these players have never played at this level before this season, and then to score goals like that on occasions like uh, the game against West Brom, I mean, yeah, just what an incredible mm. goal, what an incredible moment, and. I mean, I, I was all over the shop. I was, I was jumping all over the place, and I'm sure everyone else was. But just um, you would, you would have loved to have been behind the goal. Aye, worst ten minutes of my life after that goal. Horrendous! <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I was hiding behind the sofa, 
you know, we, we rode it out, obviously, but when on 90 minutes they bring on three absolute giants, you're just thinking, <laughs> oh, God. Three biggest lads on the bench came on. Uh, Bartley, Rogic and Fall, I think they call them. They, they came on and you're thinking, oh, God. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter. We weren't going to lose that game. The players weren't going to allow it to happen. They had a handful of half chances in injury time and that was it. You know, there was nothing really that, that made us too worried. And you look at it and you, it was interesting because you had one team who were desperate, who didn't have a game plan. Let's say 90th minute, you just throw three giants on. That is a last throw of the dice. You know, don't really know what we're doing. We're just trying to get a goal type decision. And then you've got us. We were just so controlled and calm and we knew everything that we were doing and we defended brilliantly and we deserved to win it and the full-time whistle went. And I don't think anybody watching that game, not even the two biased pundits in the in the <laughs> studio, could could admit that Sunderland didn't deserve to win that game. And we became the first team, like I said earlier, first team to win at, at the Hawthorne since October. That in itself is a feat because they've been brilliant since this manager came in. And to me, just there's just such a, a I've I've felt this before that that season when we got promoted under Roy Keane, it wasn't like we were coasting top of the league all the way at the end of the season. We had to really fight from underneath to get to where we wanted to be. And I, I just feel, and it was a bit like that last season, you know, winning all all the time under Alex Neil last year, but not really getting anywhere because everyone else around us was winning. Like we just stayed unbeaten for something like fifteen, sixteen games and. We never really moved in in the position and the table because all the teams around us were winning. So we were fighting from underneath. And this just feels the same to me. I just feel like there's just... I, I, uh, I'm not saying we're going to get promoted and I'm not saying it's going to happen. <laughs> but like, it does feel like that sort of thing is bubbling. And it does sort of feel like... I can't commit to saying it, but yeah. it just feels right, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not like we're not we're not like if you look at the league table, right, and you look at the teams around us and you see like we're obviously sixth, Coventry are on a good run. But below us, Millwall, Blackburn, West Brom, Preston, Norwich, Swansea, they've all dropped points. They're all in weird form. We're unbeaten in seven. It just feels right to me. It just feels so right. And I'm praying that results continue to go our way because I think I think, you know, if we can get to that game against Watford at the weekend. And you know the in the in the championship, obviously there's a, there's a couple of midweek games which we've obviously got to take note of. Luton and Borough is pointless. They're both in the playoffs anyways. That's sort of a, a a fight for third and fourth, isn't it? But then you look at the others. Blackburn have got Burnley, and Burnley not beating QPR at the weekend probably does us a bit of a favour, really, because they if they win that game and it's a local derby and they hate each other, but if they win that game, they win the league. So there's there's a lot there's a lot still hinging on that for Burnley. And Sheffield United play the same day against West Brom. Sheffield United obviously going into that game thinking we have to win to still have a chance of winning the league. I think I think Sheffield United can actually get promoted on that game, can't they? So, you know, Sheffield United and Burnley could do us a favour. And then you look to the, the games before we play. Millwall have got Blackpool away. I don't know really, you know, that is that a, a difficult game still with, with Blackpool fighting it out down the bottom? They've won two of the last three. Blackpool need a win to, to give themselves half a chance of staying up. That's a tough game for Millwall to go there on a Friday night in front of the TV cameras. You know, so then you're looking at all that and you're thinking, God, going into that game on Saturday, if results go our way, just the feeling that we've got at the minute, you know, it's all set up to be such a, a really, really good good couple of days for us again. And I imagine, like, 
people listen to this and the and the players and everybody are just so positive. And we said this the other day, didn't we? Me and you, you know, if if the season ended right now, would be would be ecstatic with how we've done. Just an amazing season, but it isn't over yet. That's the important thing. But you're you're already talking about the the other results and the other games. I I just think <laughs> we'll come back to, to something I've said just about the individual games, but it, it it's about us. You know, we we take six mm-hmm. we take six points from these games, and because everyone's playing each other, and then you were talking about the form as well. Blackburn haven't won in the last five, and I actually fancied Blackburn for one of the playoff spots. To be honest, a few weeks back, I thought I thought they were they'd be up there because they had games in hand and all that sort of stuff. But you know, looking at looking at the form, but you know, we, we we're up there, and it's about us. You know, if we if we get six points, we're gonna end on what seventy one points, and because everyone's playing each other. That that's gonna that's gonna be a playoff place. It's as simple as that. So it's about us. It's about what we do. And in some ways, because of the home away difference that we've got, I'm actually more concerned about the Watford game than I am the Preston game. Because <laughs> I just, yeah. you know, the, the emphasis is, is on us at home to come out. And I just think we're we're, we're suited to going at Preston and getting a result. Rather, if we if we get a result against Watford. I'm going to be so confident then of going to Preston and, and pulling it off and getting a result. But it's all about us. I mean, I'm I'm just going to kind of forget about the other games because I think with the mix of the games, everybody playing each other, that six points will, will see us finish in the top six, which, again, two games left is just... It's an incredible achievement and we shouldn't mm. underestimate it. And it's easy to go back to points we've dropped and all this sort of stuff because... Again, just to go back again, I didn't, I didn't kind of come back on you the, the last ten minutes. How many times have we talked about game management this season, and to do it, mm-hmm. to do it in this setting, and not just to, not just to pull it off by luck or whatever. We didn't pull it off by luck when we got the ball clear. We held it up. We we kind of kept the ball well. We we put it in the corner for a bit. I I actually wasn't. I mean, don't get us wrong. I was nervous. I was pacing all around the room, but. I wasn't kind of, you know, it wasn't kind of edge of the seat stuff where West Brom were looking like they were going to score and it was just by luck that we got through. It wasn't. I thought we defended mm-hmm. really well. And if we've got that kind of game management going into the last couple of games of the season and we can pull this off, I mean, I, I just don't think we should underestimate how big an achievement it is to just be in this position. But if we pull, yeah, yeah. It, if we pull it off, I mean, I think Don Goodman was talking about, was it three out of the last four years? The side who's gone up out of the playoffs has been relegated. Yeah, yeah. I don't, well, I don't know if any teams ever finished this high, haven't won yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. If we if we somehow managed to finish fifth or sixth, I don't yeah. know if that's ever been done. Yeah. So crazy, isn't it? Especially with this team, but, a young team yeah. as well. Not with not we haven't played a full of free agents and experience. This is a young side. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the only reason I look to the other teams' games and stuff is because when. Watford are already pretty much out of the race. I don't. I don't think they've got any chance of getting in the playoffs now. So that's their season's basically over. And then Preston, obviously, if we somehow managed to win on Saturday in that game against Watford. Preston get beat off Sheffield United, who need to win that game. Yeah. Then Preston season will be over. So we we were looking at this and thinking, oh, like these could be two tough games because they're games against teams who are in there with us. But actually, come the time we play them both. They they may have nothing to play for, and that that extra bit of hunger that we seem to just have at the minute might count for something. So, you know, really optimistic, really positive about things after the game, and 
I can't wait for the next one. I just don't want to wait a week, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, me and you will probably be back with a preview, I guess, ahead of that one. Let's see if we're still just as bouncy and optimistic. We're obviously recording this uh, not too long after full time, which is why we are bouncing off the walls. But uh, cheers, Chris. Thanks for joining us, as no always. Problem. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed it as always, mate. And cheers to the listeners. As always, make sure you check out rokerreport.sbnation.com. Right throughout the week, we'll have opinions, news, views, reaction to whatever goes on. We'll probably, you know, even throw in a couple of other bits and pieces there. Uh, you know, if there's another mad curveball arises with injuries, which there no doubt will be with it being Sunderland at this stage, then we'll be sure to react to it. Um, but yeah, we've got a big, big game next weekend, and we'll be back to preview that soon. So we'll catch you. Where am I going? I don't know. Where am I hidden? I'm searching all and always I am on my way. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.